Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, October the 14th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we finish year C, proper week 24, which is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Friday of the week, we're going to take a look at the gospel passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the Gospel of Luke. You anticipated it. You expected it. Luke 18, verses 1 through 8, the famous parable of Jesus. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with this plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God, or care about what people think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice, so she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for us. So as I dive in here, I just want to wish a happy birthday to Ezra Skillen, our youngest, 11 years old today, Hogwarts birthday. We're going to be waiting for that mail to come in to see if Ezra gets accepted to Hogwarts or if he's a muggle, my money is on that he gets into Hogwarts. So happy birthday, Ez. When we look at uh, the parables of Jesus, we look at Luke, we have a key change. So if you if you can recall, the parables in Matthew and Mark, they tend to be these dark sayings that aren't quite, they don't quite have a, a sharp conclusion, an easy answer. You, people aren't nodding their heads along because they know the punchline early in the story. They, they tend to take in the stories and they carry them away and they discuss them with their peers along the way. And it does some sort of like moral transformation within them as they discuss it and turn the story over. Okay. So when you think of parables in Matthew and Mark, think of that. But in Luke, it's like a key change. Uh, in Luke, the parables tend to be these go and do likewise tales um, that are like short sermons. Uh, we see this with the parable of the Good Samaritan, Prodigal Son. I mean, those are like only in Luke. They're not in any uh, any uh, Matthew or Mark uh, lists of parables. And so Luke's doing something different. And Luke telegraphs it here in Luke 18. He says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up, right? So we already know what we're looking for. But there's still some unusual traits about this story. 
I mean, uh, Jesus tended to use hyperbole in order to make the point absolutely clear in moments like this. So he talks about a certain town where there's a judge who just didn't care about people. And that probably was never the case. But uh, Jesus wanted to juxtapose two unusual characters. A judge that uh, is a little bit cold-hearted and then um, a woman who has a great persistence. Uh, It's not a big secret. Women were not prized in this culture uh, to imagine the same woman going to the judge's bench every single day and pleading her case and intimidating a judge like this, uh, as it kind of bears out in the story, would have been something unusual. But that's what parables are. Parable is literally defined as laying down two things side by side, right? So you, Jesus takes us into an alternate universe in order to teach us something so that we can come back into our lived experience with unusual data or teaching to reshape the world around us, right? We don't know exactly the, all the building blocks of how they were taught about prayer in Jesus' day. We do know that they prayed often. Uh, we do know that they learned certain prayers to pray like the Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6. We do know that there's like this 16 to 18 line prayer called the Amidah that the, Jesus would have prayed all the time. It covers a wide basis of uh, belief in, from his community, right? But this persistent praying, particularly on uh, the theme of justice, um, would be something that they would have considered. And there were probably many things that they would, could have prayed for because there was a lot of injustices in this uh, setting in place. Now, what they did not have, which we have today, um, is like the state that would go and try to protect its citizens. If somebody had uh, an issue they felt like they're being treated unjustly, they themselves would be responsible to bring it to a judge, and if there was an accusation against one of their peers or one of their neighbors, then they would be summoned to court. And there wasn't like this intermediary, like the the plaintiff and the defendant wouldn't have like, I don't know, lawyers to help argue their case, but ordinary citizens would talk to a judge and a judge would give a ruling. This person is in the right, or this person is in the right. And so what we see in this parable is this woman's taking matters into her own hands. And the odds seem impossible, right? But she prevails. And so Jesus sets us up. So maybe to say, like, we need to take matters into our hands when it comes to prayer. Like, we need to be persistent. We need to uh, come before God. We need to give our request to God um, so that, um, you know, God can know our hearts and minds. And we are like co-creating with God, some might say, in the place of prayer when God knows our needs and God understands God's own story, and as we understand the unfolding of God's story, at least the contours of what God desires and dreams for the world, then all of a sudden, like our words begin to blend together. I like the way that Pete Gregg um, from the 24 7 prayer movement in Europe, when he talked about prayer, he had this great image. And stop me if you've heard it, because you probably have, but he talks about how when a visitor goes to New Zealand, that uh, one of the acts of hospitality is for a native. New Zealander to uh, engage in a practice called hangi, where uh, the guest and the native put their foreheads and their noses together. Uh, this is like their handshake, and they're supposed to um, say their their dreams uh, to one another. And hangi is roughly translated as to share the breath. And Pete Gregg says that's what happens in prayer. And I love this because I don't know about you, but I'm intimidated by prayer. I feel like I don't pray as, as much as I should. Um, 
a lot of times I don't have the words in the moment. Um, I, I feel like I, I tend to pray the same things and uh, things don't change. And so I wonder if there's stuff in my life that's keeping prayer from doing stuff in the world. And so I think a story like this is encouraging because uh, it's Jesus saying, hey, take your needs into your own hands and come before the judge. But the judge that you're going towards is not one who's cold-hearted and who resists. You actually have a God that embraces, a God that communes with his people. And so that just enlivens prayer for me. And I think this kind of dovetails with a couple of uh, things that we see earlier in the Revised Common Lectionary this week. I, th- I think of the story of Jacob and his wrestling with God from Genesis 32. I think of yesterday's uh, text with Paul telling his protege Timothy to not give up on the work of ministry, but to continue on and show some persistence. And so here Jesus is telling us to persist, but not just in the work of ministry, but also in the place of prayer. So my encouragement for us today is to take the need that uh, we need to keep praying about. And instead of being uh, despondent, instead of being, I don't know, worn down about it, let's take it into our own hands once more and take it to our God and realize the God that we approach today. A God full of loving kindness who's eager to hear our prayer today. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the license to approach you with our needs. And we thank you for the, the gift of prayer, for prayer is a chance for us to, to vent and to tell you our worries, to tell you our concerns and even to lift up a voice pleading for justice. Um, We thank you that you embrace it, that you hear it, and in a mystery, you take our words and you combine it with your love for the world and you make things happen and things come into being uh, through the community of faith. And so God, each of us today have something that's extremely heavy on our hearts. We don't know what else to do with it. Uh, Maybe for some of us, we've prayed about it for years and feel like nothing has budged or changed and we confess to you today that we feel like giving up but we thank you for a story like this this morning that implores us to take matters into our own hands once more and to come before you once again and so god for the healing of a loved one uh, for the financial resources necessary for a project or for a dream to come true uh, god for the courage to take a leap of faith that seems so impossible Uh, for the reconciliation of a frayed relationship. God, the big ones, the big rocks in our lives that we seek to see moved. Uh, We pray that you would attend to those today. We pray that you would do something so that that our love and, and hope in you will compound and abound because we recognize you as the God who holds us and all things together and the God who does miracles today. And so God, we pray that you would move through our prayers on our behalf and for your glory pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, hey, friend, since I have you here, and I don't do this often enough, but I feel like I should every now and again, just to remind you that the podcast has a Patreon page with folks who contribute just five bucks a month uh, that helps grow the podcast a little bit, but it also is a way for me to divert those funds uh, to help the needs in the world around us. I mean, at the moment, I have eight 
patronites, patrons, patronites, uh, who give uh, something five bucks every month and it builds over time. I'm in the process of directing some of those funds to St. Jude uh, this month as I fundraise for the half marathon in the Memphis area in uh, December. And so if you'd like to help out, if you feel stirred to give five bucks a month, it's not much. You can't even get Starbucks at five bucks anymore, but you can help the Patreon grow for the podcast. If you'd like to do that, the link is in the show notes. Thanks for hanging on for an extra minute. Have a great weekend. Thank you.